episode number six. Welcome back to the Intern Music Podcast. Uh, my name is Scott. And I'm Zach. And we are here to talk about any and all things that are related to music. Uh, Zach, you just said you're selling some gear. Yeah, I've uh, just tried out this new... I don't know how new it is. It's called Let Go. And uh, it's kind of like a GG. It's like um, the Frozen app. Yeah, I mean... If you want to let it go. That's a terrible joke. <laughs> no, they've got commercials for it. They've I'm got funny. those crazy commercials um, where they're like skydiving and someone posts like they're selling a washing machine and then another skydiver comes like, oh, I'll take it. Like, it's really... They're really dumb, but I don't know... It, Dumb ads sometimes are worth it. It's all about being weird enough to stick in people's brains. Yeah. There's a new ad about like investments that's really good where it's like the guy who's super confused and everyone's telling where to put his money and he's just like having an anxiety attack. And then, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty good ad. These I've, I've seen that before. Like every new movie that I've seen has that at the beginning. It has that ad. Yeah. What movies have you seen lately? Oh, buddy. John Wick 2. <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. I will say, uh, and my friend Josh agrees with me, it's not as good as John Wick 1, but it is the only way to like do the sequel. You, you can't, you won't be better than John Wick 1, but I think, and I think it set it up for a third. It's pretty I close. They have to do something with, um, you know, they've set it up. So That ending's weird, man. They Like, they definitely did. Um, the third one... I don't know how there is a third one. Like they definitely set one up, but like to me, I guess we can't really spoil it. But to me, that ending is like it's a surefire, like <laughs> closed book. But I, I don't know. I man. know that there's a third one in production, so because I don't know. Like without spoiling anything, they give he he the guy at the end gives him the thing, and the thing has been important, and then <laughs> you know he you know helps the guy, and then the guy is important, and then the dog. <laughs> The dog is important, and you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't they, know. Man. It's gonna be about it's gonna be about the high table. I know it is. Like it has well, to be. It definitely has to end. Like the first one was about nothing, and it's great. And then this one created this really, like the underworld had their their setup in the last one, but it's really in depth in this one. And I don't know. Some of the stunts were just crazy. Like when they're falling down mm-hmm. those cobbles, cobblestone steps in Rome, you're just like, dude, that would kill. And they're all doing it one take. You can see it's Kenobi's face. It's like, man, impressive. I just, I just watched the thing. It's a, like fifty people he paid to talk to the camera, saying that nobody works harder than Keanu Reeves. <laughs> but they show a bunch of footage, and he's like, he's learning all the stuff. They're like, oh yeah, Keanu's, you know, first one here, last one to leave. He's learning all the stunts. So this montage of this guy's like, yeah, you see. This guy getting punched in the face is Keanu Reeves. You see this guy punching this other guy in the face is Keanu Reeves. You see a guy driving a car into another car, it's Keanu Reeves. I'm like, that's so good. Uh, that is one thing I did notice. Like, all the shots are like, yeah, Keanu's actually doing this, which yeah. is kind of neat. But. He is the stuntman. Which is so. nuts. Like, in the first one, he falls off that balcony and stuff, but yeah, it's, he does some insane stuff regardless. Yeah. But uh, we should probably gear gear back to where his music is as sweet as John Wick is. Maybe we can do a spin-off podcast that we can do even less regularly just <laughs> on our appreciation for John Wick. Um, the, today, the Wick, I was thinking Wick, about... Weekly Wick. <laughs> weekly Wick. <laughs> well, I was thinking 
this week, uh, at the end of the month, you and I are heading out to Seattle to see uh, Bring Me the Horizon, Under Oath, and mm-hmm. Beartooth all in one bill. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that kind of speaks something if Canadians are willing to get together. I think there's a group of about 10 of us, and we're all going to drive down or fly down to go see these bands because this tour is not coming here. And I think it speaks volumes about what a bill needs to be in order for people to go out and attend something like that. Uh, like Billy Talent was just here. I'm a huge fan of Billy Talent. I've seen them many times, but their tickets were $80. And the two bands that were opening were bands that I couldn't care less for, even if I wanted to. So I, I didn't end up going. I didn't want to spend $80 to see them because the lineup was not great. I just spent $220 for a Metallica ticket with Avenged Sevenfold, which is a crazy, crazy lineup. Um, and then the opening band's Gujira, which is this really, really sweet, melodic kind of metal metal band, I guess you'd call them. And like the bill, when it's stacked, it makes you want to attend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I did not, I didn't even really know about the Billy Talent concert until after it happened. And I've seen them I've seen them at least three or four times as well. And I, I would have wanted to go, but that's a steep ticket price for, like you said, two bands that, you know, and not to speak ill against the bands, but I mean, I don't know. It just was a weird bill. Like it doesn't really fit for me. Like a monster truck, they're good, but I don't really like them. And it's, it's not really my thing. I think they're one of Canada's uh, newest rock bands. It's kind of getting established, but yeah, it's not really my thing, and to me, that's kind of a weird fit for uh, for Billy Talent, like having some other up and coming like punk or alternative band would have been good. Like even I don't really like July Talk, but I think July Talk would have made more sense on that bill than Monster Truck. Because yeah, they're, who, they're, who put the show? Who put the show on? Was well, it X since, or was it CJ? Uh, I think they were both there. It kind of like since Union Events. Yeah. was bought by Live Nation that created this vacuum in Calgary. So you'll see Mac Hall is putting on shows independently now. They're not doing it with any endorsement. So the oh. Students' Union, their talent buyer at the Students' Union, he's he or she, I'm not sure who they are, is putting on all the shows there. Um, if you look at Marquee, uh, ConcertWorks is a new company that's kind of come out in the past few years and they've put on shows. They have a pretty good relationship with Marquee, so they're booking that. Mm. The Palace, formerly known as Flame Central, they're booking independently as well mm-hmm. and they're getting a lot of the, like Good Charlotte got announced there and uh, Jimmy Eat World got announced there and the Tea Party and uh, Three Doors Down, they're all playing um, mm-hmm. at the Palace and the Palace is putting those shows on uh, in-house, 100%. So that vacuum that was created when the un- with union events being gone um, is uh, making venues have to do everything in-house, which is kind of cool because you're seeing a lot of local-level bands getting opportunities to open for larger bands, like Case in Point, my band's opening for I Prevail on March 13th, which is really cool. And mm-hmm. um, that, like with uh, when union events was in town, most of the time they wouldn't put a local band on the bill. So it, it's kind of cool in a way, but it's um, it's definitely affecting everything. So the Grey Eagle has kind of filled that vacuum too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy named Mike Massioli, and he does a lot of talent buying with him. So he just set up the uh, Papa Roach 
741 Bleaker and Daco Jones show, and then <clears> he also set up uh, he set up the Offspring last year. He set up Disturbed last year, and he pretty much anytime anything's at the Gray Eagle, he's involved with that. But the Gray Eagle is also filling that void, so um, that's I think that's why you're getting unique bills because it, it's a talent buyer who's based out of Florida actually, and he's just kind of booking tours based on what makes sense, maybe in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I would guess because I think monster trucks are a lot bigger in Toronto than they are here. Yeah, they I, they have quite a bit of radio play, but definitely not as big of a local like sensation. But um, so, bring me the horizon. Yeah, you've seen them recently. I've seen them twice. Yes, twice. And how did that go? Because I've been watching a lot of videos. Uh, just to kind of some live videos to get stoked for the concert and stuff. And I've seen Beartooth. Beartooth is great live. Obviously, awesome. most bands, most bands are not to a T like their records, which right. is fine. But like this is the exception of a few bands. But I've heard a lot of negative things, not necessarily negative things, but I've heard a lot of um, talk about Ollie having trouble with his voice. And that the band would be in a lot of trouble if Jordan was not in the band doing the brunt of the vocals. Because I'm a little bit worried to see them live. Because I know I can see on the videos that Ali it looks like he's hurting himself. So I'm a little bit worried. Um, when I saw them both times, um, to be to just to say what they do, they play to a lot of tracks, and they mm-hmm. have each member is playing their instrument, but yeah, their sound is. Would, like without the tracks, their sound would be considerably different. They play the tracks. There's a lot of backing vocals, and then Ollie and Jordan. Even if Ollie sings 100% of the record, Jordan takes over probably about 50% of the vocals. He'll yeah. do tags. He'll do uh, mm-hmm. call and answer that kind of thing. Their voices sound similar enough that yes. it still sounds really good and it's hardly noticeable. But mm-hmm. um, it depends on what you look for in a live show. Yeah, um, like I saw them at Amnesia Rock Fest. They literally sounded perfect, and my drummer Jordan that meant the world to him he was so excited his jaw was dropping he thought it was fantastic i felt yeah. like it was a little it was too much it was produced like i still like them i still enjoy seeing them but mm-hmm. to me it's it doesn't have that organic kind of feel if you're playing perfectly every time and it's going to sound the same no matter where you're playing it because yeah you you can rely on your tracks a lot whereas under yeah. oath chris dudley is playing all of their tracks um, on the keyboard, he's also headbanging, moving around, and then you've got the whole band like just freaking out. And um, I really like what they're doing. And not to say I don't like what Bring Me the Horizon's doing, but mm-hmm. they their their angle is a bit different. And I think it's for the modern audience because we've been listening to music that's been tracked to the grid for forever. We've been listening to things that can't be pulled off live now because it's all about the live experience, right? Um, uh, so. They, uh, pardon me on the album so they'll layer and layer and layer things and then unless you hire 30 musicians you can't really do that mm-hmm. I do know that Bring Me The Horizon did that at one point they played at uh, some hall in the UK and they had like a Albert, full orchestra Albert and stuff hall. yeah and Albert I think hall. that sounded yeah. really cool it was really cool that they did that no it was great yeah um, but all in all like on this bill you got Beartooth who's opening up they don't play the tracks 100% raw 100% energy and then you've got Under Oath, who's, in my opinion, the best of both worlds. And then mm-hmm. you've got Bring Me the Horizon, who are the kingpins of playing perfection. They and take it like, to an extreme. They, they do. And it sounds good. And their light show is really good. But when I saw Rise Against at Amnesia, 
they had a lot of technical problems. Like there was something wrong with the in-ear monitors and, and mm-hmm. Tim was singing before the, the cut started or after the cut. Like it sounded really sloppy. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I was more attracted to it because it showed me that they were human beings and that even the, the best will have technical issues in a certain night. And the crowd, it didn't bother most of the crowd. It really bothered uh, Jordan again because for him, live performance is huge. If someone makes a mistake live, it, it bothers him. It's not really his thing. Whereas yeah. I, I look at music from a different standpoint where I, I appreciate the rawness or I appreciate the edginess. Yeah. But that being said, when you have three bands that each kind of have a different style, but each one of these bands could headline their own tour and people mm-hmm. would go see it. So this tour for my generation, for our generation, is like it would be stupid to not attend this. And I think it's interesting. It speaks volumes about how important a stacked bill is for, for people to attend a concert. Like like we said, didn't go to Billy Talent. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, like to me, the Papa Roach, Sum 41, Denko Jones, and Bleecker show, that's pretty stacked, and I think they're going to sell out. But I wasn't able to go because I'm going to be at work at that rota- uh, on that particular day. But I think concert promoters in general have to be smarter about their their uh, shows so mm-hmm. that people will attend. And I think that can apply to the local level. I think um, if you put together a bill that's just you and then three other bands who just don't really care about either ticket sales or their live show, they don't practice or whatever, you're going to get what you put in out of it. So you're going to get half-filled bars. You're going to get bands that don't really care. And mm-hmm. you're going to... you just. There's nothing better than playing to a full room that's you know full of people who are excited, excited to see all the bands, music, pardon me, people who appreciate music, and and it just like they feed off the band, the band feeds off them, and it's this big big cycle. And I think like the the stack bill is something that really needs to be taken into consideration when local bands are booking their shows. Work with bands that are in your genre, or maybe not even in your genre. Like we just put on a show. Unfortunately, one band had to bail last minute, but it was uh, two forty us crack the lens and open air, and those are four <laughs> different genre, vastly uh, different. Yeah, like they're all they're all rock, right? But then you've got you've got like Celtic rock, whatever Pathless Travel is. Uh, then you've got like funk rock, and then you've got classic rock, all blended together. Yeah, but within the genres in Calgary, I would argue that those four bands are not the kingpins of what they're doing, but they're, they're probably um, what would come to mind first when you mention a local band in that specific genre. And unfortunately open air had to, had to bail out, but we still had a pretty decent attendance. And I think if, if the show had gone off the way it was meant to, um, it would have been like pretty much packed. And, And I think that goes to show like if you can put consistent bills together. Yeah with stacked lineups in your local scene mm-hmm. uh, it really it really will go a long way people will come out and see your band yeah uh, again and again because you've got to create every single show you play you've got to make it special you've got to make it unique you've got to have an angle on what you're selling so that people will want to attend case in point we're, we're driving 12 hours in a different country mm-hmm. just for one night to see this band's show because it's it's happening and chances are i'll be doing it again because deftones Rise Against and Thrice are also touring together, and there's these these stacked bills that are coming out now that you you would be stupid to not not go see. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's creating it's it's forcing music to be less saturated because right now it is super saturated and only the strongest is gonna gonna pop through. So in order to not be saturated, you need to stand <laughs> out and be different, and I think that's what these shows are doing. Yeah, 
And I mean, I never, Beartooth is a big deal for me. Um, cause I, I wouldn't say I started listening to them right when they started, but around the time where they were starting to get momentum is when I first listened to them. Uh, I, I was never really big into Under Oath. I really liked their music, but I never, I was never like you guys like that level because yeah. they're a little bit older. Yeah. Um, I think we just, the fact that we're a few we were a few grades ahead of you in school has a lot to do with that. They were just big yeah. when we were in junior high and high school. So yeah, and I think that Bring Me the Horizon is they kind of they kind of clean did a clean slate rebuild of kind of what their sound is to a degree. I mean, they're still oh, they definitely did. Yeah, and and that's what because um, I know some of their old stuff was just like I like heavy music, but it, a little uh, some of it was just a little bit, you know, it didn't... It's a bit too much for me, yeah. I only really liked yeah. them from Semp Eternal onwards, and then a lot of people yeah. stopped liking them at Semp Eternal, so it depends. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. There's there's pre-Semp Eternal, and then there's the, the new stuff that you kind of get a divide of fans. But, yeah. I don't know, I'm really excited for the show, and I do, like you were saying, with people having problems with, like Jordan, that the show's not perfect, and you and I like that kind of thing. If a guitarist flubs his solo, I live for that, because... You know that just shows. It lets it. you know a computer is not doing it for him. Exactly, exactly. But you can usually tell when something's a genuine mistake and they're a real person playing an instrument. And yeah. I think that that's I don't know. I think it's different when a musician. Not saying that Jordan's not a musician, but maybe drummers are a different kind of breed. But when we go see a show, when musicians see a show, they expect or almost not for the band's like despair, but they hope for little mistakes or little things to happen so that they know you know because i like to know that a band is being legit and i like i like when real things happen and if it's too perfect it's not as good of a time i feel like i'm i why don't i just listen to the record you know that's partially how i feel like when i when i first saw bring me the horizon i was a little like disappointed their light show made it so that you couldn't see them they were just kind of like silhouettes and looked visually looked really cool but to me, it just like I like yeah. seeing the I like seeing the people that you see on Instagram or Twitter and their music videos and stuff. I like seeing them because that's why you go to a concert; you get to see them in real life. And I felt like I was kind of robbed of that by their light show, and uh, there were just so many tracks. Like the week before, I saw or no, like four days before, I'd seen Woven War, Beartooth, and uh, what are they called? Atreyu. And mm -hmm. uh, to me, I preferred that show because they it was not you know it was more organic, it was more raw, but. Not to be, not to take anything away from me with the horizon. They're doing a great job, and obviously they're doing things right because they, you know, that's the spirit was a number two record in the world. Mm -hmm. um, they've been able to tour it for I think it's been out for two years now. Yeah, and they're still able to be touring it and have success with it, selling yep. out shows. This tour is almost sold out, at, sold out at every venue, and I think that goes to show like people want to see the band. So mm -hmm. I think what they're doing is good. It just may or may not be my thing, but that doesn't mean I, I'm still going. Obviously, so I still want to see them anyways. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, if you are listening and you have anything that you would like to say about Bring Me the Horizon, Beartooth, Under Oath, or actually, let's just rephrase that. Um, when you go to a concert, do you like it when bands have that kind of raw, organic feel? Maybe the they miss a shot or maybe... They're, uh, they have a bit of amp noise in between songs or like subtle things like that or do you want the perfect experience do you want to see absolute perfection when you're when you're seeing uh, a band perform live uh, let us know shoot us a message or comment on the Facebook status or 
whatever whatever you want to do to get a hold of us and let us know because we really curious if we're just two people or if, if we're onto something with our opinions I think that's it for this week thank you very much for listening uh, once again my name is Scott and I'm Zach and we will see you next time on the Intro Music Podcast <laughs>